The title of this blog originated from a Wall Street investment banker's mantra about what any company should do to satisfy the needs of Wall Street analysts and investors. Much of this brief statement makes sense. If a company promises so much in sales and or profitability by the next calendar period, make sure that you don't exaggerate the numbers that can come back to haunt you by the next quarter. What this saying boils down to is that in spite of all the mathematical and financial modeling incorporated in assessing stock value, mass psychology plays an equally important role. It is important to get the projections right with a slight discount. Last week, I overheard a CFO discussing with his outside counsel on how to uplift the company's stock value. Out of curiosity, I later asked what was his company's current stock value, his reply, 75 cents a share. Let's assume that the transaction multiplies that stock to $1.50 at best. That is still below the $5 benchmark needed. It would have to jump to greater than 500% to make any difference. The reverse stock split does not change the company's valuation. Whether the stock reverse split goes from 10 shares to 1, valuation is still based on the outstanding stock values. The reverse stock split only changes the number of shares with the theoretical premise that fewer shares represent more upward demand. Sophisticated investors will view this as an accounting gimmick. On the other hand, it might bring this company's stock within the radar for institutional investors, but rest assured, these investors will wait to see how the stock performs over time. The metrics these investors want to see are better sales or performance that warrants the increased valuations. The accounting gimmick is not enough to deliver to investors. Keeping your promises is extremely important on Wall Street. If you miss your first quarter estimates, it might be permissible. Second and third quarters bad projections might dump you inside a reject bin. Remember that if the most relevant investors are institutional, these managers have a fiduciary duty to provide positive returns to their clients, whether retirees or universities. They report their performance on a yearly basis and so should the underlying investments provide some positive return during that time factor. Why am I repeating this? Just this week, a biotech CEO presented to potential investors during a private dinner to encourage additional demand for its stock. That stock is trading at $2.72. The company is undergoing a long FDA process of clinical trials, which means that no sales can be undertaken until final approval. That clinical trial process can take years. Four years ago, the company went public through a reverse merger. At that time, its stock traded around $100. Four years is too long a period for institutional investors to hold onto stock that has not been generating sales. Institutional investors do not fund R&D. That is the role of large corporations or universities. The biotech CEO must have promoted sanguine aspects about its potential sales without incorporating a realistic time frame. Further, historic performance for biotech firms is weak. 9 out of 10 biotech firms failed to deliver returns based on a recent MIT study. Now, this company is struggling to attract investors to push up its stock value and unless its stock price reaches $5 or more, it will not reach that objective. The institutional investors will sit on the sidelines until the CEO can prove sales otherwise and all the IR paid dinners or lunches will in no way push up the stock value without institutional investors. That is the dilemma facing this company. It is fairly obvious that its public listing was too early to the satisfaction of institutional investors. And now, the company is suffering from this early decision. Mm-hmm.